On this week's episode of the Love Your Life podcast, we have Dr. Garrett Taylor. Dr. Taylor is an emergency medicine physician with Green Country Emergency Physicians. He's also a good friend from my time at TCU, where we both worked in the emergency room as physician scribes. I think Dr. Taylor's take on the importance of emergency medicine and how it differs from both urgent care and your family doctor is really important. I hope you love it. Welcome back to the Love Your Life podcast. In this week's episode, we have Dr. Garrett Taylor, partner with Green Country Emergency Physicians. Uh, they are involved in emergency medicine throughout Northeast Oklahoma and surrounding areas. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. How are you doing today? Really good. I uh, got one of a, a rare day off, so some time that I can sit down, relax, and, and chat with you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking some time out of your day off to, to spend it with us here on the podcast. My pleasure. So, Dr. Taylor, if you can start off, you know, give us a little bit about your background, uh, including kind of how you got into emergency medicine. Definitely. Um, well, I went to undergrad at TCU in Fort Worth, um, which is where I met you. Yes. Uh, and uh, from there, I uh, took kind of a gap year between college and med school and was an ER scribe. Um, so I got really my first exposure to emergency medicine that way. Um, scribes uh, kind of work at the right hand of the doctors doing all of their documentation. Nowadays, with electronic medical records being as kind of unwieldy as they are, it's really nice to have somebody documenting a lot of the minutia of, of your exam and history. And, um, so I got to do that, and then I went out to Texas Tech uh, for medical school, um, spent my first two clinical or the preclinical years in Lubbock. Our class had about 150 people, and then they split us up to multiple sites for the clinical years. Um, so I spent my last two years of medical school in Amarillo, Texas, uh, in the Panhandle. Uh, and then I moved up to uh, Tulsa in uh, 2011 uh, okay. to do uh, uh, OU uh, emergency medicine residency. Uh, it's a three-year residency program here. Uh, so I graduated in 2014 uh, from residency, and I've uh, started with, uh, with my group that I'm with still, uh, Green Country Emergency Physicians, uh, and we service uh, ERs and I think we have six or seven sites uh, that, that we're involved in throughout uh, kind of Northeast Oklahoma, um, Kansas, Missouri, and Arkansas. Sure. That's awesome. Well, yes. And you and I, obviously we were both scribes, but uh, for, for any listeners out there, you talk a little bit more about what a scribe does and, and what they mean for you. It sounds like you're using them actively right now in your own practice. Yeah. Um, well, again, I, I work at a bunch of different sites, so there are some of my places I work that do have scribes and some that don't, um, and it's really night and day to, to see the difference, especially when you're in a, a busy uh, emergency department, how much your life is better with the scribe. Um, so back when um, we first started, or when I first started scribing, um, that would have been 2006, 2007, it was right before the big electronic medical records took off. So we were doing a lot of paper charting. Yep. Um, and nowadays, really every emergency department is all online. On, uh, a lot of us use Epic. Um, Epic and Meditech are the two systems that I'm on uh, at all my hospitals. Okay. Um, and having somebody to, basically, you get the chance to really pay attention to the patient and not the computer uh, when you have somebody uh, doing your charting for you. So you walk into the room with them, they have a computer or, or some of them like to take notes by hand and do their charting on the computer later. Um, you sit down with the patient, you get to actually look them in their eyes, speak with, up, with them about what's going on, uh, do their exam, um, all the while without being distracted by uh, 
the the charting side of it. Right. No more no more distraction of of having to sit there with a paper chart in hand or trying to hold your laptop as you're fingering through and and also trying to conduct your exam. That's awesome. So thanks for sharing that. And so you spent some time in in the Panhandle of Texas, and now you're up in uh, up in Northeast Oklahoma. When you talk about emergency medicine, what does that mean for you? So uh, I think we all have kind of an idea of what to go to for the emergency room on a, on a grand scale, right? A major car accident or uh, a cardiovascular event. But what is emergency medicine from your perspective? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit of everything, which is kind of nice. Um, some people say that, you know, we're basically the, the masters of the first two chapters of every specialties textbook. Um, so it's really, uh, stabilization and resuscitation is what I consider myself to be an expert in. Okay. Um, so someone comes in having a stroke, having a heart attack, uh, stabbed, shot, uh, somebody who's got some terrible pneumonia with the blood pressure that's barely registering, um, somebody's grandparent from the nursing home who, uh, you know, is severely dehydrated, um, heat heat exhaustion, especially in this you know, time of year in Oklahoma is a big thing. Sure. Um, all of those, what we kind of think of are the typical big emergencies, um, but we've also become sort of the safety valve for the medical system in that uh, I know I have a lot of patients that come in just saying, my doctor said they couldn't get me in for two months and I'm out of my blood pressure medicine or just um, I'm, I'm a diabetic and I can't get my insulin for another few weeks and they're doing the right thing to try and take care of themselves and we're their kind of last line of defense sure. um, to being able to get in and get seen because, you know, we'll, we don't uh, close our doors to anybody. I mean, if they, it, obviously it's a triage system. So if somebody, you know, just kind of has the sniffles and there's a guy having a heart attack in front of them, they're going to wait a little longer, sure. unfortunately. Uh, but we're going to get everybody seen. Um, Absolutely. And that's, that's a, uh, kind of our mandate. Right on. So you kind of touched on this and, and I would love to hear you expand a little bit, but how does emergency medicine, you know, differ from going to your family medicine doctor and, and maybe in between family medicine and, and emergency medicine, we now have kind of these urgent care centers. Where do those kind of play in the role for you as an emergency med doc? Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I think it, it very much is a spectrum uh, that you go from primary care, um, managing chronic medical conditions very effectively that you know that's kind of what they're uh experts at uh, managing diabetes chronic high blood pressure um lung you know chronic lung disease all those type of things and then you get urgent care kind of in the middle um dealing with um more acute issues but things that may not necessarily need to come to a full emergency department sure. uh, maybe some like simple broken bones, simple lacerations that, you know, if you just cut yourself and there's obviously nothing spurting out blood or any, you know, sure. tendon issues or anything like that, that they can handle very well there. Um, again, a lot of uh, flu season when that rolls around, our urgent cares are uh, specifically very well equipped to, to deal with those types of illnesses. Uh, and then once you start getting into things that need, higher resources that's when i say okay probably time to come to the emergency department if you start having vital sign abnormalities if your heart's you know racing over you know 110 120 blood pressures are low um if you're having chest pain those are all things that urgent cares just can't deal with because they don't have the resources to deal with you need to check labs you need x-rays you need um you know a lot of times IV fluids medications interventions um 
And, and so uh, we, we do really operate on a spectrum um, of what we have available and what we can offer to, to patients. Sure. Any, anything in particular that you really enjoy seeing in the emergency room? <clears throat> Obviously, getting to see the, the wide array of things that you get to see in the emergency room is, is probably exciting. Uh, mixing it up day to day that it's not the same thing every time you step through those doors. But is there anything you in particular uh, really enjoy or, or have great satisfaction with treating? Um, it, there's an excitement that comes from just not knowing what you're going to see that day when you show up to work. Um, because, I mean, there's, especially working in a small rural ERs, because I, I work everywhere from little tiny rural ERs to major academic tertiary care centers. Um, and uh, the, so part of it is, is being able to come to work and have the excitement of, I, I might see something really cool today, uh, or I might not. Um, as far as things that I enjoy doing, part of the, what drew me to emergency medicine is uh, I enjoy doing a lot of procedures. Um, I kind of dabbled with the idea of going into surgery, but didn't like the idea of being on call. Um, I didn't like the idea of you know, not having as much free time, family time, clinic hours, all the things that emergency medicine, uh, fortunately for me, uh, doesn't have. So I have a lot of flexibility in my schedule. Um, and so I enjoy um, procedurally, you know, putting in uh, or doing the complicated laceration repairs, central lines, chest tubes. Uh, so they're kind of the, the fun adrenaline uh, procedures that, that we get to, to do in, in ER. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When you say procedures, you run the gamut, right? I mean, like you said, those lacerations, but setting bones to, yeah. to, to special lines like central or picks and, and so forth for sure. Yeah. So, very and cool. we've gotten uh, very, uh, in the last few years, uh, emergency medicine training has gotten really proficient at training our residents and using ultrasound a lot too. Oh, so we awesome. do a lot of bedside ultrasound. Uh, all of our lines are pretty much placed under ultrasound guidance nowadays. Um, we can do bedside echocardiograms to look at how uh, the heart is squeezing, uh, which is really helpful. And a patient with, comes in with really low blood pressure. Sometimes it's nice to know, is it because their volume is down or because their heart muscle itself is, is diseased and not squeezing like, like sure. it's supposed to. Um, so it helps pare down our, um, our possibilities. Sure. You cut, you cut down on the differential diagnoses and hopefully get people better faster in that regard for sure. Yeah. That's and that awesome. is one of, really the, the biggest uh, benefit of emergency medicine to me is being able to intervene in that first few critical, you know, three, four hours and take somebody who was, you know, if you hadn't been there, very well could have been dead and then right. turn them around and, and get them up to the ICU or get them, uh, get them admitted to the hospital to the point where they're now able to. I've had a couple patients come in not able to speak um, because they're either you know, having a terrible asthma exacerbation or COPD or something like that, and then uh, watch them turn around in the next few hours to the point where they can have a conversation with you and say, I'm, I'm so glad you were here. Thank, you know, I feel so much better. And, and hearing I feel so much better from a patient really makes your day. Well, and I got to imagine from, uh, from an emergency standpoint, that doesn't always happen because like you said, you're oftentimes sending up to a floor, sending to ICU, uh, sending out to surgery, and, and you don't have that follow-up care. And I, I know you personally, and I'm sure there are times when you get the opportunity to maybe do some rounding after a shift and check on patients. But mm -hmm. certainly if you're out there and you've had a great emergency experience, your doctor would love to hear about it, I assume. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That, that's something that, you know, the, the hospital uh, – there's always going to be patient complaints uh, and those sure. uh, tend to, uh, you know, get, get back to us. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of rare uh, that, that we hear from patients uh, on the, um, 
on the positive side of things. So yeah, if you have had a good emergency uh, experience, I, I would encourage you just as simple as sending a postcard to your local emergency department really does make our day uh, and kind of uh, lets us uh, get a really nice perspective that what we did was, uh, was helpful for you in your life. It's awesome. I want to open up uh, a couple last questions I've got for you. Are there any myths uh, related to emergency medicine uh, that you would want to dispel at all? Uh, I think that there still is a bit of a pervasive myth that emergency medicine isn't really its own specialty. Okay. Uh, that, and, and I know it kind of stems from the fact that we're a fairly new specialty. Um, sure. Like early 90s, I believe, is when the American College of Emergency Physicians was kind of formed and we grandfathered in a lot of people who had been either surgeons or family practice doctors who had been out in the community working in emergency medicine and they were kind of the pioneers of, of our specialty. Um, but nowadays, you know, I have patients every now and again say, uh, you know, so do you have an office or, you know, sure. uh, what do you do? I said, well, an ER doctor is like, oh, so you don't, you're like a surgeon or like, no, I'm, I'm an ER doctor. Um, so we, we spend three to four years, uh, depending on which residency you go to, specifically learning the, the principles of emergency medicine, which is the, you know, resuscitation, stabilization, um, and kind of that initial um, triage of, of sick and uh, ill patients. Well, and kind of almost in that, uh, that spectrum that you were talking about of family care to emergency medicine, you almost have that at the same time with, with primary care or, or uh, non-surgical specialists. Emergency medicine may be kind of sitting in the middle of that and then yeah. – on the far side, the surgeons as well. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah, awesome. uh, and you and I talked a little bit about that before the show uh, about your residency and, and how that had gone. Cause we both know uh, many emergency physicians who, who did come from family medicine backgrounds for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. And there still is a pathway for family practice doctors to um, do um, kind of an emergency fellowship okay. um, and, um, and become, you know, uh, to become board certified by the American College of Emergency Physicians, you have to go through an emergency medicine residency, but the American College of Family Physicians does have an emergency um, uh, cert cert certification, I guess would be the best way to put it, um, that um, shows that they went through specialized extra training um, to work in an ER and be capable of you know, taking care of really anything that runs through the door. Sure, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I, you've got a wide array of patients who come through the door. So this question may be a little bit trickier for you, uh, but I always like to ask if you had a patient in your case, they're all new patients or almost all new patients. Hopefully you don't have too many repeat, uh, repeat <laughs> yeah. visitors. If you had a new patient coming into you, what are the top three things you want to know about their patients so that you can give them the best care and they can have the best experience with you? Um, I think especially working in the ER, um, it's really difficult when someone comes in with six or seven different complaints that don't seem to really link to each other. So I would say, uh, especially in particular, if you're coming to an emergency department, uh, to have one or, you know, I guess maybe two, but uh, I would try to do your best to pare it down to as little or, you know, as few uh, major complaints uh, and secondly, um, have in your mind and, and discuss with your doctor 
um, kind of what your hopes and goals of coming to the emergency department um, were for that day. Uh, you know, were you wanting to, sure. um, you know, some patients just are in a lot of pain and they just want to get some pain relief. Some patients, they need to refill their medication. Some patients, they, they're just worried and, okay, I'm having chest pain. I think I might be having a heart attack. I want to make sure I'm not having a heart attack. Sometimes I want to make sure I don't have cancer. Uh, there's a wide range of stuff. And um, as uh, evident as you may think that it is to your doctor, it's really helpful for us. Uh, sometimes it's not as evident and it's really helpful for us for you to verbalize that to us and say, well, this is really what I was hoping to get out of coming to see you today. Um, and how can we move forward, you know, to, to make that happen? Best, best accommodate your struggles and, and make sure yeah. that you're leaving as healthy as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. And we want everybody to have a good, you know, healthcare experience too. Part of the ER is that everybody is coming to the ER on one of their worst days. Nobody's really excited or happy. It's not unlike, you know, uh, you know, an OBGYN. Usually it's a happy day when you're coming to see your doctor to have a baby. Uh, when you come to your family practice doctor, it's just another day of the week most of the time to deal with your chronic conditions. When you're coming to the ER, usually you're having a bad day. Sure. Uh, so um, part of that, you know, is we want to make, that experience as uh, positive as we possibly can uh, with that in mind that, you know, obviously you don't want to be here. Something's gone wrong. That's landed you in my ER. Um, and how best can we work together to, to make sure that your experience is a, as good as it can be? Absolutely. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Anything else that you would want to touch on or that you'd want people to know about emergency medicine uh, before we wrap up here? Um, no, I mean, as far as uh, people who are watching this podcast that are going to be in the, you know, Oklahoma metro area, uh, that's um, our company that I work for, Green Country Emergency Physicians, yeah. has um, started kind of branching out into a lot of the community, smaller ERs. So uh, whereas a lot of the emergency departments that I now work in were staffed by family practice doctors or nurse practitioners or physician assistants, um, we've, um, as we've started to expand, been able to bring um, kind of what, what we feel is a higher quality of care to rural Oklahoma and rural, um, you know, Arkansas, um, Kansas, and, and uh, Missouri uh, with board-certified emergency doctors that have been through training um, and... Uh, it's their focus. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you are in, in a community uh, with uh, you know, a more rural setting, most of the large inner, uh, inner city, city emergency departments now are staffed by emergency trained physicians. Um, but if you're in a, a small rural area, um, I would uh, just kind of advise you to check around and, and see who's staffing your ER. And if it's one of us, you, know, you can rest assured knowing that um, night or day, 24 seven, we'll be there to take care of you and can handle really anything that we can do in the big city. Cause I, I work here in downtown Tulsa with the residents uh, and I work uh, out in the middle of nowhere uh, some nights too. So sure. it's, uh, it's the same doctors that you'll be seeing uh, either place. And if somebody wanted to uh, living up in Northeast Oklahoma, wanted to make sure that their next emergency room experience was with, with uh, green country emergency physicians, how could they figure that out? Is there a website or a way to contact y'all at all? Um, we do have a, a, a website. Um, I'll, uh, I'll send it over to you. It's actually, I don't know off the top of my head, uh, what, what the URL is. Uh, but, uh, 
we're um, currently uh, involved in the Hillcrest system. Okay. Um, so Hillcrest, uh, Tulsa, Hillcrest South here in, in Tulsa. Also, we're staffing Claremore, Pryor, um, and well, I guess just those right now. Uh, and then we also are in uh, Coffeeville Regional Medical Center. Um, and then we um, are involved in uh, kind of partners with the Mercy Healthcare System. Sure. Uh, so uh, it's not all of Green Country uh, docs that work out in Mercy, but Mercy, we uh, are starting to work with Ada Ardmore. Uh, we staff about a little over half, I think it's about 60% of the shifts in uh, Mercy Fort Smith. Uh, and we also do some work for, uh, for them in Joplin too. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, Dr. Taylor, I don't want to take more of your valuable day off and let you go enjoy some time with friends and family there in Tulsa. Uh, really appreciate the time you took to, to be on the Love Your Life podcast here and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Love Your Life podcast. We hope it helps you take the next step in your healthcare journey. If you loved it, share it on social media. Give us a review in your podcast player of choice or drop us a line about a topic you want covered. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Physical Therapy and Balance Centers of Oklahoma City. Physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. Physical, spelled different because we are different. I'd also like to thank our producer, Julia Burwell, and Elise Collier for her fabulous intro. The Love Your Life podcast is meant for informational purposes, but should never replace the individualized advice of your medical professional. If you need advice, speak directly with a healthcare provider.